morning, PCA, on your feet. It's time to worship our awesome God, amen. You are so good, God. God says in his word that we were created to praise and worship him, to bring him pleasure. So let's just do that today in our worship. God, you are good, and I bless your holy name, and I thank you for who you are and for all that you have done already, for all that you're going to do. We bless you. We bless you, Lord.
thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you went to the cross for me and your blood bought my pardon. Your blood saved me. Your blood raised me. Your blood is my it's healing power. Your blood heals us and sets us free. He's good, amen. We bless your name, Lord. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you enable the victim within? There's wonderful power in the blood. Would you be wider, much wider than two?
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you're in this place and life is kind of overwhelming right now, you're in the right place. The Lord has better things in store for you. He's with you. He can make a way where it seems so impossible. Our God is good and He's powerful. He's bigger than anything you're going through as we run to Him. Past the point of weary Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all this stealing and you're desperate for some healing let me tell you about my jesus he makes a way
to us, God. Oh, I love you, Lord. When Jesus left this earth after he had died for our sins and raised again, he promised us the Holy Spirit. He couldn't send him until he left. And so he sent us the Holy Spirit who is so precious.
Good morning, PCA. If you are a guest here, suddenly I've lost any idea of what I was going to say. If you're a guest here this morning, we'd like to have you fill out this VIP card. Now then, if some of you are looking at people and say, my gosh, I think I know those people. You probably do. We've got three or four people that haven't been here a while. I hope everyone has gone up to them and said hi. And for the people that are here that have never been here, I hope like four million people go up and say hi to you. Hey, Tony, how you doing? <laughs> it's so good to see you here this morning. Uh, the rain and everything kind of held some people back, but we are still here in worshiping the Lord. Someone introduced me this morning to their parents as a movie star. <sighs> now, in case you don't know it, M. Night Shyamala, I don't know if you know who that is. He has a new movie out called Old, O-L-D. I just want to make it clear, I'm not in that movie. One thing, though, since I've uh, gotten older that I've learned is in 1988, I came back to the Lord, made my mother very happy. I've been gone quite a while. But I decided at that time that I was going to read the Bible every day. And I've done that without fail, almost every day, reading at least a chapter. It's not that difficult if I can do it. One thing that I've discovered is that God will reveal something to you that you've raised or you've read a thousand times. Now, I've read Proverbs all the way through probably 
20 or 30 times because I've read it before when, just when I'm reading the Bible. One thing that jumped out about a month ago was Proverbs 11:24, And it's one of those verses that you've read a hundred times and suddenly you go, wow, that's what that means. It says, I know, uh, it says, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. What a verse, especially during tithe and offering time. God doesn't require a lot from you. Now, we could go through every person in this building, and he could tell you how God has blessed them because they've tithed. I know at that same time in 1988, I thought, yes, Lord, you want me to tithe? I'll do it. Now, it's been up and down, but I've always paid my tithe. And it's up a lot, a lot more. So let's remember that. You can tithe here in many ways. Gentlemen, if I get you to come forward. Remember, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. Something else I like. That ought to be a bumper sticker. We can do it cash or check, kiosk by the welcome desk, website, or the PCA app, whatever that is. I told you I was old. Or the PDA Church, 1-844-390-2401. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we can give back to you. You've given us so much. You keep giving us. You keep giving us more and more. And we thank you for it. Dear Lord, take this that we give back to you. Take it and bless it. Do with it as you will. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, good morning, PCA. A few weeks ago, I had the privilege to take some of our students to youth camp and finally been able to get all our pictures and videos together. So we wanted to give you a short vision of our experience at camp at 2021. Thank you.
kicking butt in Bible battle, and God gave me peace of mind at camp. So one of the, like my favorite, favorite part about camps this year was the, one of the worships, and then uh, also doing the games this year. They had a lot of fun games. One game sucked though. Land run, I did not like it at all. It hurt. But um, I had God speak to me about a lot of things and healed me from a lot of pain that I've been going through in the past months. And uh, just dealing with some stuff like that and just helping me out through my past and getting me to where I am now with Ryan with them. Okay, so one thing I liked about camp is I made friends with the girls in our dorm and we had fun and then God spoke to me in a lot of different ways. So there was a lot of things I loved about camp. One of my favorite things was the Oklahoma Land Run and high five football, which I dominated at. And God spoke to me in a lot of different ways and he helped me see things a lot more clearly. And we were green team and we won. Yeah. What I enjoyed at camp the most was being able to worship with Mars again, um, the merch, being on green team and winning on my last year. Um, some things that God spoke to me were some things that he's been dealing with me about for a while and I finally accepted them. So I had a really good time and I'm glad I got to go. Well, good morning, everybody. So we, as you guys saw, we had an awesome time at camp. And I, again, just wanted to say thank you to everyone who ever supported the youth. They were able to go this year without paying for any of the camp fees or even the gas. And that is all because of you. So the youth that went to camp. <laughs> the youth at camp that got to go, they wanted to give Drake and Pastor something. So if, Pastor Bardwell, if you could come on out. So this is just a picture that we took before we left for camp, and this year's theme was Camp Changes Lives, and that could definitely not be any more true. So Absolutely. thank you, guys. Amen. That's awesome. Amen. Thank you. Beautiful picture, and, and, and I wanted you to make sure you heard that uh, because of their fundraising this year, uh, not one youth had to pay for a camp fee. All they had to do was just carry the money they wanted to spend. And that's a tremendous blessing for the parents and for the students. Amen. Give them a hand. They did a lot of hard work to raise that money. Well, I'm glad you're here today. If you have our phone app, which is very important, Mr. King, uh, very important, you would have known that we've changed our picnic from the picnic grounds because of the flood that's in Oklahoma to the church. So immediately following the church, We'll have our, our fellowship in the fellowship hall and everybody just bring their food. If you go, oh, I didn't bring any, go through churches or chicken or somewhere and get something. Or just come on back and eat. Our church always has people who provide enough for their family and someone extra. If you're a guest with us today, please stay and join us for a wonderful time of fellowship. It seems like it's been forever since we've been able to just get together and have a meal together. We have breakfast every Sunday together, but as a church... So join us immediately following the service, and uh, we'll have a great, great time um, of eating. I love eating, don't you? It's a good thing. Well, I'm excited today about the message, so if you would stand with me today and take your Bibles and lift it up. 
you're a guest with us today, three things we want to happen. Number one, we want you to feel the presence of God. I pray you've already had that moment. Number two, we want you to feel welcomed. And number three, you got to come back for seconds. Amen? Good. Seconds are the best. Repeat this after me. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Thy word is a light unto my path. Thy word will I hide in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Lord, help me every day to read thy word. Lord, help me every day to live thy word. I love thy word. And dear Lord, let him preach. Amen. God bless you. you may be seated. We don't need sermons, do we? We need messages. Today I believe I have a good news message for you from the word of God. For the last few weeks I've been in this series, Are You In? Are you in? And our verse has been Luke chapter 4, verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee, say it with me, in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. Jesus knew before I start my ministry, I must be in the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot do anything significant for the kingdom of God without being in the power of the Holy Spirit. We need that. Jesus needed that. So he went to the river, was baptized by John the Baptist. The Holy Spirit descended upon him like as a dove. The Father said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. He was anointed. He was empowered. He received that power, that dunamis, dynamic power of God to be able to do the ministry that he was called to. He then went into the wilderness and was tempted for 40 days, but he brought his body, his mind, and his spirit under control. He controlled his flesh. Today we need to learn how to do that, don't we? Control our flesh. You can only control the flesh if you are in the power of the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, your flesh will dominate you. He left there and then went into the synagogue and began to teach, and they got mad at him in the church. They drove him out, drove him outside of town to a cliff and were about to throw him off the cliff. Can you imagine? I always say every week, thank God for no cliffs that I know of in uh, around Ponca City. But they were so mad they went to push him off the cliff. Miraculously, he walked right through the crowd and none of them could touch him. None of them knew who he was and left that area. He then went and performed other miracles. He healed he cast out demons. The Bible says that he spoke with power and authority. Authority, that exousia, that word and power that was deferred upon him, conferred upon him by God the Father, delegated to him to have authority over all things. So when you are in the Spirit of God, we have authority. We have power. And he cast the demons out. Remember that word? For most of the time. He, he told them, shut up. In other words, he muzzled them and they left. He healed. And, and last week we talked about Simon's mother-in-law. He went to Simon's house. His mother-in-law was sick unto death and, and he healed her. He, he then spoke to that sickness and that sickness had to leave. We believe in the authority of healing, don't we, in our church. We believe in that authority to pray for the the sick to anoint them with oil symbolic of the Holy Spirit pray the prayer of faith 
And if they have any sins that they confess, they shall be forgiven and they will be healed. And these signs will follow those who believe. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover them. And I've got good news from the last couple of weeks since that service. Last week was Father's Day, but this week I've got some news to tell you. We have two other instances of cancer. We've got news back and there is no cancer in their bodies whatsoever. Can we just give God some serious praise for that today? Hallelujah. That doesn't happen without the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit to begin to pray over sickness and disease and it is healed in Jesus' name. I'm not talking about something five years, ten years ago. I'm talking in the last two weeks. God is in this house. He powered us to do what we need to do for the ministry He has called us to. Today, I want to wrap this series up, but I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 5, verse 1 and following. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genetoset, the people were crowding around Him and listening to the Word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, important, underline that, highlight it, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Sink. Begin. Began. To sink. Whatever. <laughs> they were full. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken, and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. That's important. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats on the shore, left everything, and followed him. Wow, what a great passage. Amen? Here we have Jesus moving from doing ministry by himself to now beginning to call disciples, beginning to ramp up the effectiveness of his ministry. He was beginning to teach around the shore. The crowd was so large, he kept taking a step back. The crowd would get closer, take a step back. crowd would get closer, take a step back. And now he realizes, I'm at the edge of the water. I can't go any further. So he noticed there were two boats. So he signaled to him and said, Hey guys, come over here. I, I need to borrow your boat. And so he got into the boat and sat down, which I think all pastors should sit down during their teaching and preaching. I don't know why we stand and you sit. I don't understand that. You should be standing. We should be sitting. That's the way Jesus did it. But he taught. And because he's the creator of the universe, he understands how the earth works. Because he knew that when he got a little bit out into the boat with the water, the acoustics would be able to allow everyone there to hear what he had to say. So he began to teach, and whenever he finished teaching, he then told Simon, who was a professional fisherman, I need you to take your boats out a little deeper and do some fishing. <laughs> I got to tell you, this is a powerful moment. Because Simon only knows of Jesus in one instant, and that was when he healed his mother-in-law 
at his house. But now they're not in Simon's house. They're in Simon's world. This is what I do for a living. I know how to fish. And the best time to catch fish is at night. How many of you fishermen know that? At night's the best time to catch fish. And they had fished all night. He says, Master, we have fished all night and caught absolutely nothing. It's daytime. It's getting warmer. The fish are not going to be there. And here's Simon's dilemma. Now, Simon could have argued with Jesus because he had plenty of knowledge. He had a lot of ammunition. He could have said, now, wait just a minute. I mean, you're awesome at healing in the house, but you don't know anything about fishing. I mean, how many times have you let a net down? Uh, Jesus, none. How many times have you fished all night? Uh, none. And you're telling me to take my boats out a little deeper? We have fished all night. We are worn out. We are tired. We need a nap. This is the time I go home, get something to eat, and go to bed. I'm exhausted. And then we were about ready to go home, and then you showed up and started teaching, and now we're really tired. So you know what, Jesus? We're not going to do what you said to do because you don't know what you're talking about. Now, Simon could have done that very, very easily. But here's what he said. We have worked hard all night, haven't caught anything, but because you say so, because you say so, I will let down the nets. Wow. Simon's obedience was immediate. He did not pause. He did not go through this whole spiel that I just went through. But he immediately said, because you say so. He surrendered all the knowledge that he had about fishing to the words that Jesus spoke. How many of you are parents here today? Raise your hand. Now, how many of you as parents, you were doing great parenting... Until all of a sudden your kid got to a certain age. And for some of you it's really early. For some of you it's a little bit later. But you told your kid to do something. And they all of a sudden instead of immediately doing it. They all of a sudden had this bright idea to say the word no. And then you who had already made up in your mind before you ever became a parent. Every one of us did that are my age and younger. Every one of us determined, I will never say these words. But before you could stop your mouth from speaking, you told that child, because I said so. And then you went, I'm my parent. (laughs) How many of you were told as kids that same phrase, because I told you to do it. That's why we are not here. This is not a discussion. I don't know when kids begin to realize that whenever parents tell them something, it becomes a discussion point. This is not a point to debate. This is not a point to match wits. This is not a point to, I told you as your parent to do it. I expect you to do it. Yeah. And then you have other of their friends come to your house. And then you tell your kids to do something. And then the other other kids go, "Well, well, I don't have to do that at my house. 
Well, you're not at your house. Yeah. You're at our house. And at our house, this is what you're going to do, right? Because you're in my house. We've had kids all the time. They come over to the house. They go, we go to pray before the meal. And they go, oh, we don't pray at our house. You better put that fork down because we do pray at our house. Or I don't have to do this or that. Well, I'm sorry, but if you're going to live in this house today, you are going to do this. It's not a point of discussion. And I think sometimes that as Christians, we are children of God. Simon said master. So he views him as one in authority. He says, master, because you say so, I will let the nets down. I think sometimes we think that we can have debates with God and debates with the Holy Spirit whenever God's Word tells us to do something. We go, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait a minute. And I'm sure God's looking at all of us and going, since when is this a discussion? You're in my house. You live by my rules. I gave you a book of rules. You, you follow my commands and you do what I say without questioning me. Right, parents? Come on. I need some parents to help me out here. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Jesus said. Here's what you do, Simon. And Simon said, Master, because you say so, I'm going to do it. Now, you got to understand, the boats had already been in. The nets were already cleaned. Do you know how many hours it takes to clean the nets? This job has already been done. It's not supposed to happen until tomorrow. But he surrendered his nets. He surrendered his workers. He surrendered his boat. Why? Because Jesus said so. People who are children of God surrender to God's word even when it doesn't make sense. Even when we can sit there and go, but I've fished all night. But I've invited that person to the church 50 times. But I've prayed and I've prayed. And, but I've given and I've done and all these things. And then comes this question that all of us as parents have heard. Why? The kids don't understand the result of what you're telling them to do. So they ask, why? We sometimes, God's word tells us to do things that doesn't make sense to us. To have faith. To begin to walk. By faith, not by sight, to believe in the impossible. And sometimes we're sitting in our situation and we're going, but why? I've already cleaned the nets. I've already got the boat ready for tomorrow. The guys are ready to go home to their wives and they're ready to go take a nap. But, but Simon didn't do any of that because surrendered people obey the voice and the word of God when it doesn't make sense. Imagine Abraham. Remember that guy? And God says, I want you to go and where? I'm not going to tell you. You just start walking. Wouldn't it have been very easy to Abraham to not follow God and say, but where? Yeah. But no, he followed not even knowing where. What about this lady named Hannah 
who waited and waited and waited on God to give her son. How hard is it to wait on God's timing in our life? Because when we want something, we want it now. We begin to pray once and we think it should happen immediately. How hard is it to understand and quit asking the question, when? I've been there. When? What about Joseph who trusted God's plans without knowing why all the circumstances were happening as they happened? When we are asked to surrender to God, church, we've got to... We're so prone to ask all these questions. Who, what, when, where, how? And God's going, it's because I say so. I'm not here to answer all your questions. If you're going to live in my house, you're going to follow my words. And if we want that as parents, how much more does our Heavenly Father want that authority in our lives? That if He says do something, we go, yes, sir. And we do it. Why? Because He says so. Why do I come to church? Because He said, forget not the assembling of yourselves together. Because as the day approaches, more and more people are going to forget to assemble. And I don't want you to do that. Why do I pray? He said, because constantly. He said, you are to be in constant prayer all the time. That's why I pray. Why do I give my tithe? Because he said, hey, that money's not yours, it's mine. So you give to me what is mine. Uh, but, but why? Because I said so. Why do we have faith? Because he said to have faith. Believe in the impossible. And not begin to whine and question everything that he says. I got to tell you as a parent, I, I didn't like it when my, my kids questioned everything I said. I'm like, I'm not here to explain myself. This is what I want you to do. Mow the yard. Wash the car. Build a mansion. I don't know what I'm going to tell them to do, but whatever it is, do it, right? Because you know they have the capacity to do it and you need them to do it. When God asks us to do something, whether it makes sense to us or not, we need to follow and do it. Why? Because He says so. It doesn't make sense. It's okay. The Father knows why He tells us to do things. When we are asked to surrender, we're all prone to ask the questions. Who, what, when, where, how? Job twenty two twenty one says this, Submit to God and be at peace with God. In this way, prosperity will come to you. Be at peace with God. Surrender. Just do what he says so. Joshua 5, 13 through 15. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied. But as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord... Notice the difference? Not master. What message does my Lord have for a servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Joshua was about to go to Jericho. And because God sent word and said so, Joshua surrendered all of his plans for battle. 
I'm sure Joshua had it all figured out. Well, we're going to take the guy, the really big dudes, we're going to put them up front with the swords and the spears and the shields and, and the arrows and flaming. We're going to set them on fire. We're going to hit them there. We're going to have another group right behind them. We're going to hit them. We're going to, and, and God goes, uh, no, what you're going to do is walk around for six days and say nothing. What? This does not make sense. But Joshua surrendered even though he did not understand he didn't ask why. He didn't say, but what about or how is this? I, I don't I, This can never work. He didn't do it. He just surrendered and he said, I will do what you've asked me to do. Today, I think we're all about, well, wait a minute, God. I've got this plan. I think it's going to work. And God goes, but my plan is better. Which plan are you going to go by today? You're going to go by your wisdom and your abilities or are you going to surrender your plans and your will to God? Before Joshua ever had a victory in Jericho, he surrendered in his life to God. The greater the surrender, the greater the victory. I believe that with all my heart. The more and more we surrender, the greater and greater our victories will become. Surrender does not weaken you, it strengthens you. It makes you stronger because now you are in the power of the Holy Spirit and the Father is now on your side fighting for you. Wow. We need to surrender sometimes to chaos. It's hard, isn't it? It doesn't make sense. Sometimes we need to surrender our opinions. Everybody has one. Well, if I was the pastor, here's how we would run this church. Yeah. Everybody has an opinion. Well, if I were, yeah, we have to sometimes surrender our finances, our money. That's hard for a lot of us to do. But God, you don't understand all my bills. He goes, no, I know the bills you've made, but you don't understand my word. Well, why am I giving tithe? Because I said so. We have to surrender our fear. God, I, I'm so fearful about this situation. I don't know what to do because fear paralyzes you. You've got to surrender that fear and begin to walk being in faith. We have to surrender our lust. We do. If we're not careful, man, our sins and our flesh will overwhelm us. We've got to surrender that to God. Surrender resentment to God. Say, God, I can't hold on to this anymore. I've got to let you have it. And we are free to choose who or what we surrender to. But believe me, you are surrendering to something. You get to choose what and who you surrender to. And what you surrender to has consequences. Matthew 26, 38 through 39 says this. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Jesus surrendered his will to the father. He knew why he came here. But still in that moment, he was still saying, Lord, if it's possible, if there's any other way, please, please, let's do it a different way. But whatever you say, God, that's what I'm going to do. Wow. Jesus entered to the will of the Father. Listen, without surrender, there would be no cross. Without surrender, there would not be...
an empty tomb today. Without surrender, do not fall. Without surrender, Hannah is still without a child. Without surrender, Abraham never has the children that God promised him like the sands and the stars. And today we would not say that we are children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We would not today have a hope that lives inside of us because we know the tomb is empty and Jesus Christ is alive and He's sitting at the Father and He's praying for you and He's saying, come on, obey the Word of God. Why? Not because why, but because He says so. Because if you follow and surrender the victories that I have planned for you, you have no concept of how awesome your life can be if you surrender it all to me. You have no idea. Surrender makes you stronger. Romans 12, 1 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Well, I don't feel like raising my hands. Surrender your body. I don't feel like clapping. Surrender your body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Why? Because my body is under my control. And my will says I'm tired. It's a low pressure cell. It's raining. It's dreary. You just better be glad I'm here. No, but God's will says let everything that has breath give praise to God. Enter my presence with thanksgiving. Enter my courts with praise. And you take your body and you bring it under will and say, God, because you said so, I will praise you. Praise Him in the sanctuary. Praise Him with the harp and the lyre. Praise Him. You people of God, praise Him with a loud voice. Why? Because He is God and worthy of all praise. And He says so. So Simon surrendered and he takes his boats out a little further. Look at verse 6 and following. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full they began to sink. Wow. Simon would have missed out on the greatest fish story ever told. Any fishermen in the house? Oh, I got fish stories, but none of mine are good. I'm a Jonah. You need to throw me over the boat if you want to catch some fish, man. I, by myself, shut down an entire boat one day when our men in Texas went on a fishing trip to the Gulf, deep sea fishing. The captain's been doing this for 30-something years. We caught zero zilch nothing until I went down in the bottom of the boat, got sick, come up and started chumming the water. Now, we're fishing 150 feet deep. One of the guys beside me went to my church. He goes, Pastor, keep doing it. We're starting to catch something. (laughs) My job was real. We caught one. Fish all day. The captain even said, I'm going to go to an oil well out here in the Gulf. You should never do this because real fishermen do not go to the oil well. We caught nothing. So we come back with our boat. We get ready. There's all these guys lined up on the shore ready to clean the big bounty of fish for us. We come back with one little Ziploc bag. We had a picture with all of us guys with one Ziploc bag this big of our fish. We went to Red Lobster and had dinner. But the fish stories that some of you have are incredible. Oh, man, it was this big, you know. 
fished. Simon's got a story. You should have been there that day. We fished all night, caught nothing. But Jesus said, during the daytime, guys, put your boat out a little further into the deeper waters. And all of a sudden, the nets begin to just begin to be swelled up with fish. We begin to try to pull them in. We couldn't hardly do it. We called the other boat over. Our boats were tilted like this. We're about to sink. We had caught the most fish we'd ever caught in our lives. Why? I want to tell you, this guy, Jesus... Man, this guy's for real. I was there. I saw it. Do you know how much that fish would have brought Simon when he took it to the market? That was prosperity. When we surrender our will to God, guess what? Our lives become blessed by his anointing of us being obedient. Obedience is better than sacrifice. But it doesn't make sense. Do it anyway. But I don't want, it's a lot of work. Do it anyway. You have no idea the blessings that God has. Simon couldn't see the fish. They were under the water. He's like, this is not going to work. But because it's crazy good. What did you do, Simon? Steal somebody else's fish? Because you don't, you bring like a fourth of this home, you know? Yeah. But he did. Why? It allowed for God to give a miracle in his life. Church, it all depends on us. We can pray and sweat like Jesus did to where he prayed so hard. It's, it's like little blood flecks coming out of his forehead. That's how hard he was praying. We can pray that hard sometimes and see nothing, but there may be something in your life God is saying, I need you to surrender this. And we go, uh-uh, not, not, not that. I need you to go a little deeper with me in your walk. I know I'm already going to church and paying my tithe. Yeah, but I really need you to do something in my house. I need you to sweep. I need you to vacuum. I need you to dust. I need you to do the laundry. I don't want to do that. Surrender. Because he says so. I never told my kids to do anything fun. I told them to do stuff that I didn't want to do. That's why you have kids. <laughs> right? That's why you have them. The yard mow, get the car washed. I don't want to do that. I'm going to go play golf. You make sure it's done when I get home. That's why you have kids. Free labor. God uses you and me. And then God allows miracles to happen in our lives. Why? Because we do what He says. And sometimes you look at other people's lives and go, why are they so blessed? You might want to check out what's really going on of what you don't see in their life. You don't all know all the sacrifices they've made. You don't know all the times they've surrendered things to God and they walk by faith when it didn't make sense. He had such a miracle. And church, this is a perfect, perfect, perfect place in the Word of God for every one of us to see what kind of God we serve. He is a God of abundance. He is a God of more than. Hey, the boats aren't as important as the fish. I don't care if they sink. Look at the fish we've got. God's showing Simon, you will never have to worry about taking care of yourself. I am your provider, but you're going to have to work for it. I've seen some people who don't want to work for it and just go, God, provide. And God's going, you get in your boat and get out in the deep water and do all the work, then something will happen. 
And sometimes we have to do things. We have to work hard so we can have those miracles in our lives. Because when you obey, because he says so, God shows up. Now right here you might want to say, Pastor, preach it. Okay, I'm going to preach it for just a minute. When you begin to surrender, God shows up. Miracles show up. Healings show up. Provisions show up. A way out where there seems to be no way out shows up. Impossible shuts up and possible shows up. Hallelujah. That's what happens when you surrender because he says so instead of having a debate of who, what, when, where, how, why. How many times could we have had miracles but we're still headed to the house taking a nap. Luke 5, 8 through 11. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' feet and said, Go away from me. Say it. Lord. Before the miracle, he was master. Simon saw himself as a slave. I'm only doing it because you're the master and I'm the slave because you say so. But after this miracle... There's a whole different relationship. Lord. He is now surrendering his will and giving him lordship in his life. Lord. He and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee and Simon's partners. Wasn't just one guy he was recruiting. Three guys he was recruiting. Sometimes we need to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus because God does something for somebody else that you know real close and personal. But if God does something in your life, we've got to change relationship from here's the rules I have to keep to here's the rules that I want to keep in my life. Here are the things that God has said that I now want to be in obedience to because He's my Lord. Lord, now I want to tell you, you cannot call him Lord and say no to his word. If you say no to his word, he is not your Lord. He's not. To say no is a contradiction. How can we call him Lord and refuse to surrender to what he tells us to do? You see, his word is not up for debate. His word is not up for questioning. We cannot. Look at Luke 6, 46. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? It's contradiction. God the Father, Jesus could not understand. You cannot call me Lord and then not do what I ask you to do. It, it can't happen. Simon realized his need is condition. He did not care who saw him that day on the shore. He didn't care about all the crowds of people. He didn't care about all the guys that worked with him every day. He didn't care what anybody thought around him. He fell on his knees, surrendered and said, Lord, Lord, I'm a sinner. You see, when you get in the presence of Jesus, you're going to realize what you need to surrender. And no matter how many times I go into his presence, God finds something new for me to surrender. Yeah. Yeah. But, but God, really? Because I say so. Okay. 
Because you say so. Jesus told Simon, you're now going to fish for people. I'm going to make you a fisher of men instead of a fisher money. And here's what Simon did. He left everything. Wow. I've known people who were miserable in this life because they would not surrender to the word of God. They could not surrender that job that was so important because it gives me a lot of money. It makes me who I am and I have status. Yeah. I had a man tell me one time, Pastor, I will never come to the altar and I will never kneel in church because I have status in the community. You better watch out about your status in the community. You better worry more about your status in the kingdom of God. Because one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Today, some of you, some of me, we all need to maybe leave behind some things that are causing us not to completely surrender to God. For some of you, it's some of your family members that are causing you not to be fully surrendered to God. Maybe it's a cousin, maybe it's a nephew, maybe it's a, I don't know. Sometimes there's some of my family I've had to leave behind because light and darkness has no relationship. Sometimes they're friends you've got to leave behind if you want to do what God tells you to do. Sometimes you've got to leave behind and surrender, surrender. Let your past be in the past and surrender your future to God. And God, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. And sometimes you cannot do that with certain people hanging around you. Sometimes you can't do that in certain lifestyles and situations. You have to leave those things. Leave everything that's in your past and follow Him. Follow Him. From that day forward, Simon's life never looked the same. He did not get up every morning, get all the nets and stuff clean, get out at night, 11, 12 o'clock at night, take the boats out and fish. He never did that again. He never had to worry about, are we going to catch anything or not? He followed Jesus. It smelled different. I'm sure Simon, if he was a good fisherman, he smelled like fish all the time. I'm sure he was glad to finally get that smell off of him. That's why when I go fishing, you can't tell. I still smell good when I come back. And I will get some fried chicken at the drive-thru. He walked with Christ. Can you imagine the things he would have never seen had he not surrendered? He would have never when a little boy would give his lunch to Jesus. He would have never seen a blind man open his eyes for the first time. He would have never seen somebody on a mat and Jesus take authority and speak words and say, get up, and the person get up and walk. And then picked up the mat and said, let me take this thing with me. This thing's been holding me, now I'm holding it. He would have never been in that garden. He would have never been in that upper room. He'd still been trying to catch some fish on a boat. 
And Simon Peter would have never had the wonderful privilege to tell people about this Jesus Christ. He preached it in such a powerful way that they were going to crucify him. And he said this, I'm not worthy to be crucified as my Lord, but crucify me upside down. And Simon Peter gave his life on a cross upside down. But I'll guarantee you when you get to heaven and meet him, he'll go, oh, it was worth it. But Simon Peter, did you ever wonder? No. Why did you do it? Because he said so. And I would do it again. I always did what he said. And I saw things I never thought I would see. And I did things I never thought I would ever do. And he spoke through me with such power and authority. And I laid hands on the sick, just like he did. And they were healed. And I got tapped to preach one of the greatest messages ever preached. And 3,000 people were saved in one day. Wow. Why, Peter? Because I was in. I was all in. I left everything. And I'm so glad I did. So glad I did. I wonder today, what kind of life does God have for every one of us if we do what he says because he says so? What kind of church would this be if every time God spoke to us and said, I need you to go talk to that person, and we did it. I need you to go tell that person that I love them, and we do it. I need you to invite that person to church, and we do it. And when they walk in, they decide, I want in. I want in. And they get filled. And they are in the power of the Holy Spirit. And they go back and they'll tell their family and their friends. And they come and get in. And they go and tell somebody else. What does a surrendered church look like? What does a surrendered life look like? And you may be here and listen, we got a lot of awesome people in this church who do a lot for this church and this community. But what if God's tapping you to do something more? And what if you're here today and you're not doing as much and God taps you and go, but I need you to do this. And your hands go up. Because you say so, I will do it. I don't have the ability and I don't have the skills but I do have the availability because you say so. Would you stand with me this morning? Because you say so. God's word tells us a lot that we are to do and a lot about who we are to be. But it all starts 
by making a transition by looking at this book as all the do's and don'ts because he's a master and changing it to look at how I get to live because he's my Lord, Lord. And we bow at his feet and we surrender. We surrender. Not just the easy stuff, but everything. Everything. I surrender my will. I surrender my plans. On the night Jesus was to be betrayed, I read it this morning. He goes to the Father says, if it's possible, Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. I don't. The Bible says that, that he was grieved unto death. And he told his disciples, can you not pray with me? Come on, I need you guys to pray. You know the story, they fell asleep. And Jesus came back and left them there and he said, just one hour, guys. That's all I was asking for. I believe with all my heart the message that I, God has given to me to give to you today. I believe every person in this room, God will ask you to surrender something in addition to what you've already surrendered. I believe that. Because he works on me first, then he works on you. But maybe you're here today you say, Pastor, I really need to surrender my heart to him first. I'm not in. I need to get in. I've got things in my life right now that I know are not pleasing to God. And I'm asking the Holy Spirit to convict and to convince us right now. If there's something in your heart and you say, my life is not pleasing to God. I want you to know God loves you so much. But he loves you enough to correct and to challenge you to accept him as Lord. Lord. If that's you today, I'm telling you, today is your day to get it right with God. Today is your day to listen to the words of God and say, I'm going from master to Lord. Why? Because he says so. Because God does not want even one person to perish, but every one of us to have everlasting life in Christ. In Christ, in Christ, in Christ. So if you're here today and that's you, every head bow. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand up right now and say, Pastor, that's me. I need to get my heart right with God right now, and I need to surrender. If that's you, raise your hand. Yes. Yes. Come on. God's doing some things in people's hearts right now. Right now. Thank you for those hands. Thank you. Yes. Hallelujah. Church, we need to just keep our heads bowed right now in this most precious moment. Because God is catching some people right now. We're fishers of people now. And God's real good at that.
Would everyone in this house please pray this prayer with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you right now. I ask you to forgive me. I bow my heart. I surrender my will to you. Become my Lord in this moment. Please forgive me of all my sins and wash me white as snow. I accept you into my heart. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now all of you that raised your hands, I believe right now you prayed that prayer and God has now forgiven you and washed you and cleansed you. Can we just give God a hand clap of praise for the Holy Spirit touching people's lives? Come on. Hallelujah. Come on, praise Him. Come on, praise Him. Tell your flesh to praise Him no matter what you feel like. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Would you please come that are going to help me serve communion today? Jesus surrendered His will. If it's, if it's important that Jesus surrendered, how much more is it so important that we surrender today? Surrender our finances, surrender our health, surrender our families, surrender our jobs, surrender our desires and wants, surrender all that to Jesus. That old hymn says this, all to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. I call Him Lord. Why? Because He says so. Hallelujah. Because He says so. Today we're going to take communion. Pastor, why do we do it? Because He said to. He said, don't forget what I'm doing for you. Don't forget the price that is being paid for your free gift of salvation. Free gift. Don't forget. You can go ahead and pass those out. Take the cup. It's got a cracker in it. Hold on to it. We'll all take together. You don't have to be a member of our church. You just have to have your name written in the last book. You got to be in. Amen. You got to be in. Would you guys sing that Holy Spirit that we sang earlier? Come on. Yeah, the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Just take a moment. There's nothing worth more yes. that could ever come close. No Nothing thing. can compare. Come flood. Come. 
Bible said on the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread, he broke it. He broke the bread, but his body was never broken, not one bone. But he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Today we remember the body that Christ sacrificed for us. I thank God for healing. I thank God for the provision that was provided for on that cross. Because without the surrender to the cross, there's no empty tomb. There's no intercessor for you and me right now praying for us. Hallelujah. And there's no free gift of salvation. Jesus, today we thank you for your body. We remember this. And we take this bread to remind us of a price that we could not pay. And today we say thank you. Let us take it together. In the same way, he took the cup and he said, this is my blood. It's a covenant. And I love this part. He said, I will not partake of this again until I partake with you in heaven. But we are to be reminded that his blood was shed. It removes, washes away our sins, never to be remembered again. Hallelujah. Let us drink together. Can you put your cup down? And I'm not asking you because you feel like it. I'm not asking you because you just want to. I'm asking you because he said so. Can we lift our hands and give him thanks and give him praise for the life that he has given us in Christ? That we today are in Christ, our living hope. Hallelujah. Can we just lift our hands? Call him Lord. You tell him in your own words how much you love him. And you praise him in your own words. You give him praise and honor and glory. Hallelujah. Father, today, I cannot tell you how much I love you. And how much I thank you for your son. Your only son. You sacrificed him for me. Thank you that I now have relationship with you. I bow my knee, I bow my heart, and I say, Lord, whatever you say, I'll leave everything. I'll do anything you ask me to do. I'm not here today to ask who, what, when, where, and why, and how. I'm here today to just say yes, yes, whatever you ask because you say Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, flood me today. Holy Spirit, challenge me today. Convict me. Convince me. Lord, let me walk by faith, not by sight. Let me surrender my plans like, like they did in Jericho, like Joshua did. Let me surrender my time frame like Hannah did. Let me surrender my footsteps like Abraham. Let me surrender because I don't know what you have in store for my life until I do because you say so. Hallelujah. Thank you for that. 
I praise you and I worship you. I pray. And they said, Pastor, my arms are getting tired. Don't, you take that body and you surrender it. This is your proper attitude of praise and worship. This is our proper act of worship to present our bodies a living sacrifice to God. I want us to sing that song. Let me tell you about my Jesus. I don't know, but when we sung that song today, I mean, it just did something about it in my heart. And you may say, well, Pastor, why are we singing that song? I'm hungry. I want to go eat. Because I'm the pastor. And I say so. Here we go. Come on. (laughs) Don't repeat that. I hope we were offline by now. Here we go. I love this song. Sing it, Miss Karen. Is your burden waiting? Is it all too much to carry? Here we go. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Yes. Cause shame's done all Ooh, his still deal. killing the storm. Are you desperate for some healing? Let me tell you. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Woo, here we go.
Let my Jesus change your life. Simon, tomorrow ain't like today. And I know it's late, but thank God for crock pots. It's the church's answer to everything. If you can't put it in a crock, you don't need to eat it. We want you to hang around. Give us a few minutes to get some food ready. If you've got something back there, I know my wife made a lot of food. I'm sure some other people did. If you weren't planning on hanging around, hang around. I'm always the last one in line, and if I don't get anything, it'll be all right. I'm just glad I got to tell you about my Jesus today. And he'll change your life. Woo! He'll change your life. Amen? We sure hope you were blessed by Pastor Bardwell's message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.